0: Today, is Dak Prescott worth 80 plus million? If Kirk Cousins is, so is my dog. Then Steph Curry claims the moon landing was fake and I analyze why politics isn't the only reason ESPN has become unwatchable. I'm Brad Whitaker, this is Whitaker Sports. So I lead today's show with a difficult question. What should the Dallas Cowboys do about Dak Prescott? If you've talked to any Cowboys fan over the last couple of years, one day they think Dak isn't an NFL starting quarterback. The next, he deserves to be the next $85 million quarterback. And right now, it looks like the Cowboys will win the NFC East and host a divisional round playoff game. They've won five games in a row, all close games, but wins nonetheless, including that shocker two weeks ago against the New Orleans Saints. The question Cowboys fans should be asking themselves is, why are they winning games right now? Is it because of Dak, or is it in spite of Dak? But even that question is hard to answer. Prescott can't hold on to the football. He now has 12 fumbles in his last 13 games. He threw two interceptions against Philly on Sunday, but he also threw... For three touchdowns and 455 yards. And perhaps the craziest stat of all, since Dak entered the league in 2016, only two quarterbacks have won more than he has, Tom Brady and Big Ben. And if you look at Dak's stats during his first three seasons compared to Brady and Big Ben's first three. Dak has a higher completion percentage, more yards than Roethlisberger and only 100 yards less than Brady, more touchdowns and less interceptions. Brady had 34 wins, Big Ben 25, and Dak has 30. On paper, not only is Dak worth the 80 plus million, he is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Now, when you watch him play, you and I both know that's not true. So what is the deal? Two years ago, I was very impressed with Dak Prescott because he was patient, went through the progression, didn't try to do too much, could be mobile, but wasn't dependent on his legs. But here we are two years later, and he's regressed in just about all of those categories. Yet, he's winning. So perhaps this is a better question. If you drop Dak Prescott behind center on a bad team, a Buffalo or Arizona, would he be benched by the end of the season? Personally, I think he would. And think about what the Cowboys have. They've slowly built up one of the most athletic, up-and-coming defenses in the NFL. Year after year, they consistently have a top-five offensive line. Ezekiel Elliott is one of the most dependable backs in the league. He can do a little bit of everything. They're weak at tight end since Witten retired, but ever since the Cowboys added Amari Cooper, they have a pretty strong receiving core. Maybe not the best in the NFL... But, at least middle of the pack, with Cooper, Beasley, Alan Hearns, you have Tavon Austin coming back, Michael Gallup, it's not like Dak doesn't have help. I wouldn't have said this before the season, but Dallas is one of the more complete teams in the NFL. Honestly, this might sound crazy, but the Cowboys winning the division could be bad for them in terms of longevity. Let's say the Cowboys get knocked out early in the playoffs. They aren't making any changes. Jason Garrett is staying, Dak is staying. Luckily they have another year to figure it out, but at a certain point you're trapped having to pay Dak. And I could be wrong, maybe Dak will transcend his mediocrity and become a top tier quarterback I I hope that happens, I'm rooting for him, I really like the guy, but right now, he's the biggest enigma in the league, and time is beginning to run out for the Cowboys to find clarity. Okay, on to Hot Takeaways. The Seattle Seahawks won a sloppy Monday Night Football game over the Minnesota Vikings 21-7, nearly shutting out Kirk Cousins in that offense with the exception of a few garbage time points. As a result, this morning Minnesota fired their offensive coordinator John DiFilippo, the man who turned Carson Wentz into an MVP candidate and helped Nick Foles briefly turn into a star quarterback during last year's postseason run. His one year in Minnesota wasn't nearly as successful. Takeaway? It's always easy to blame the offensive coordinator. I'm not saying this was the wrong decision, but at some point, the accountability will have to fall on their new $84 million quarterback. Stephen Curry, Vince Carter, Andre Iguodala, and Kent Bazemore all unanimously agreed on a podcast that the moon landing was fake. So I guess that puts the debate to rest. Takeaway. Stop looking to pro athletes to be your thought leaders. NASA could discover alien life and it would get one-tenth the attention as Steph Curry's conspiracy theories. We all know celebrity doesn't mean intelligence. That being said, Kyrie Irving, totally reasonable. On Monday night, for the very last time, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade faced off in an NBA game. The two shared a warm embrace and exchanged autographed jerseys after the Lakers' 108-105 victory at Staples Center. Takeaway? Dwayne Wade's still playing? Hmm. Former Rockies reliever and current free agent Adam Ottavino said he would strike out Babe Ruth every time if the opportunity were available, saying, quote, Babe Ruth, with that swing, swinging that bat, I got him hitting 140 with 8 home runs. All this came before Ottavino's stem cell treatment and cryotherapy session. Takeaway, if Babe Ruth could hit 714 home runs looking like Chris Farley, imagine what he could do today with today's hitting coaches and trainers. And finally, for the first time since the network launched in 1993, ESPN2 will not finish second among sports networks. Both NBC Sports Network and FS1 had more viewers in 2018 than ESPN's second outlet for mainstream sports coverage. ESPN is still number one, but market share is dwindling there as well. Takeaway? Do not underestimate the power of Shannon Sharp. In all seriousness, is there a program on ESPN that is superior to anything on FS1 at this point? Max Kellerman makes first take unwatchable. PTI is getting old. Around the Horn cares more about visual diversity than diversity of opinion. It's just four talking heads agreeing with one another. Not a single human being alive has ever watched Get Up. Most of their personalities are boring, overpaid, and conforming, and they barely even show sports highlights anymore. Yet every time ESPN announces layoffs, it's treated like it's a humanitarian crisis. I mentioned Get Up, the three co-hosts on that show, Michelle Beadle, Jalen Rose, and Mike Greenberg, make a combined salary of 14 and a half million per year. Does anyone wake up in the morning just dying to hear the opinion of any of those three. The only show worth watching is Scott Van Pelt Sports Center. ESPN should just pay Scott Van Pelt 40 million to sit at the desk with an IV and host Sports Center for 24 hours with Stephen A. heckling him in the background. That's a show I would watch. That's it for today. Big game tonight, South Carolina State versus Liberty. It's going to shatter all the TV ratings. You don't want to miss out. Liberty is a 20 and a half point favorite. I'm taking the points. Don't let SC State's 209 record deceive you. They've got talent. See you next time.